Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Cage Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch and discuss every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve, and we're back, baby, with the one and only, the goddess, Hannah Martin. Wow. Let me just tell the world real quick that I woke up today with 102 degree fever, and this beautiful woman made me breakfast and brownies. <laughs> And just let me lay around and do nothing all day, which was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I, I did nothing to medicate you or really help you get better. No. I made you a bunch of sugary nonsense, but you know what? You feel better. I do. I do. I needed it, clearly, because my fever has since broken, so it's all good. We are here to discuss today. We're back. Honeymoon in Vegas, 1992 was yep, the year 92 yeah. happy new year everyone yeah oh yeah happy new year hope you guys all had a wonderful holiday season um we sure did right <laughs> yeah okay good <laughs> I, this is like the third episode i've done where i've had a cold too which i never get sick it must be something on these microphones it's or just it's, all these nicholas cage fever <sighs> dreams you're having that <laughs> hashtag nicholas cage fever dreams i want that on a t-shirt so uh we're gonna do kind of a, a a brief overview and the story is essentially nicholas cage is about to get married to sarah jessica parker and he takes her to vegas where some trouble ensues with a gambler uh the ratings do you have those ratings handy one minute they're pretty good yeah so we've got a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. I love how you prefaced that with, they're actually pretty good when it's 5.8 and 63. It's all uh, relative. Yeah, absolutely it is. <laughs> so the one of the first major segments of this podcast, if you're new to the podcast, uh, one of the things that we like to do is kind of lead off with a little bit of a behind-the-scenes story, some background information. Uh, so what do you have for us this week, Hannah? I want to start by apologizing because I feel like I've missed a lot in the past few years of Nick Cage's life. Oh, yeah? In the past few episodes. Okay. Um, and didn't mention them. Like, one, he had a son in 1990. What? And I, oh, we for totally whatever reason, just like neglected to mention that. Wow. Or just breezed right over it. Who is his son with? His Anybody name is can... Weston. Okay. And it is with an actress named Christina Fulton. Huh. Was she in any of the movies? They never got married. Was she they in any just... of the movies with him? No. Huh. I don't know how they met. Hmm. Probably so just being a socialite. What year was he born? 69? So he was 21? <laughs> nice. Hey. hey. Um, yeah, sure. I know he was definitely young because he's yeah. pretty young in 92 when he's right. in this movie. And this was this happened in 90. Right, Western. right. Wow. So he had a son. Wow. Yeah. Okay. How many kids does he have in total? Or are we just going to oh, wait man. to get to that point? We'll, we'll just get there when we get there. Okay. Throughout the course of the podcast. <laughs> With every relationship. I'll make, an, I'll, I'll make a mental note from here forward. And I, I have... After I realized that I messed up and I neglected to mention that relationship, I went back and I found previous previous relationships that he had been in in the public eye. Oh. The only one of note prior to Christina, his baby mama, right. was Brooke Shields, the model. Oh, get out of here. Actress. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I mean, he was saying that uh, he's he's he was a sex symbol for after a couple of movies, especially things like Birdie and... Yeah. Um, not that he was particularly sexy in that movie, but there was a scene or two with his shirt Moonstruck. off. 
and moonstruck yeah mm-hmm. where he was just ripped out of his mind so and also in like a popular movie right right yeah so, yeah exactly relating to his love life uh-huh. in this movie i think i know where you're gonna go with this <laughs> and i i'm i can't believe i didn't even think of this when we were watching the movie but go ahead well nick cage and sarah Je- sarah jessica parker had a bit of a fling oh during okay. i was gonna the say filming of this movie oh. what were you going to say so i just read online somewhere that it's kind of funny speaking of his love life and this movie this movie takes place in Vegas, and we'll get into it later, but there are a lot of Elvis impersonators. Oh, yeah. And Nick Cage marries Elvis's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we'll get there. That happened yeah. in 2002. So we had oh, okay. a while until oh, he yeah. married we got Lisa mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But apparently, uh, since we are mentioning it, he wears a costume in this movie, um, and it's an Elvis suit with, like, lights all over uh, it. it and we'll, we'll get to that later. But apparently he, like, gifts that to Lisa Marie right before they got divorced after their 107-day marriage. Oh, my God. And that's not even his shortest marriage. No. I think he recently got married in Vegas, and it lasted, like, 10 minutes. Hmm. So, anyway, he dated SJP for a hot minute. Jesus. She yeah. dated him based on this movie? Yeah. I mean, because we were watching this movie and Sarah Jessica Parker. They have no chemistry. And she looks incredible and he's starting to look really dumpy. Yeah. Like not, you know, that he's out of shape or anything. By any realistic standards, he's in great shape. But he's not. He doesn't have that boy. Not that he ever had boyish charm. (laughs) Uh But his face is starting to look worse. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's a a lot of it has to do, I think, with his hairline. Mm. So I think his hairline is what's really falling apart. But yeah. All right. So that's his love life. We'll talk a little bit about what he's said about this movie. Please. So he attended two different screenings of it when it opened. And he heard something from the audience that he had never really heard in his previous films. And that was laughter. And that made him really happy. And it made him realize that he wants to do more comedies because he'd been doing a lot of really avant-garde shit leading up to this. Or movies like Wild at Heart or Raising Arizona or Mm -hmm. Moonstruck or even Vampire's Kiss, which were comedic in nature, I guess. But not necessarily, like, noted as comedies. Yeah. It would be amazing to think that he had never heard laughter in a film premiere before, especially when you look at something like Vampire's Kiss. People were afraid to laugh at Vampire's Kiss. Oh, I bet that's true. Yeah. I mean, listen to that episode again, but I believe I do talk about this, that he mentioned and then the director also mentioned, like, people just didn't get it. Yeah. It it didn't come until years later when people were analyzing his anthology when they were like, oh, yeah, this shit cray (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he he really liked this he was saying that this character is different from any that he's ever played which i don't agree with entirely i think it's a similar type of character but he seems to think that it's different so whatever floats his boat (laughs) um he's saying that this character is a mama's boy he's never played a mama's boy before and i also feel like that's not true but i can't quite put my finger on it yeah, he said he's never even had a mother-son relationship in another film. Okay, I can actually see that now that I think about it. He said that the big surprise, though, is that he's such a regular guy. I don't think this is a regular guy. This guy literally sells his fiance to another man reluctantly, for a weekend. Reluctantly. <laughs> Still does. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we'll get into the the plot and the meat of the movie in a, in a moment, but <laughs> but yeah, that's an interesting point that he had to say about like, oh, I've never played such a normal role before. Yep. Okay, so something right before we get into the plot that mm-hmm. I want to mention that mm-hmm. I thought was fascinating is Nick Cage is usually the one who has the drama surrounding him on set or that the director doesn't get along with him or that like reporters and press junkets think that he's not answering the right questions or what have you. Yeah, he's a psycho. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not so many words, yeah. Right. So in contrast, in this film... Who was James Kahn. Was he the difficult one? Was the really difficult one. And wow. he had just done a movie pre like right before this and it was highly highly publicized as being a big flop. It was called From the Boys. Oh, I don't know that. Off the top um, of my head. And he was in that with Bette Midler, his co-star. Oh, yeah. And apparently he said that she and the driving force behind the movie were, quote, very stupid. What a- Oh, James Caan said James that about Caan Bette Midler. James Caan said that about his co-star, Bette Midler. He called his co-star and the movie itself very stupid. Wow. So so, he, so people didn't like working with him. And then mm-hmm. Nick Cage defended his co-star. And he said he's a really unpredictable guy. He says things without thinking. Not a lot of thought goes on between the time of his initial emotions and the verbalizing of those emotions. But he's a challenging actor who kept me on his toes. We have two different approaches. I tend to over-prepare. He's always spontaneous, but we got along great. So James Conn, for those who might not know, I, you know, people our age would recognize him immediately as the dad from Elf. That's the only thing I know him from. Yeah, I mean, he's been in tons of classic movies. I can't name them off the top of my head because I'm hopped up on cough medicine. What but, year did Elf come out? Uh, it was longer ago than people think. I think it's was like 2009. Okay, like 10 but years like. Ago. 11 he years looks ago. the same age yeah. in 09 as he did in 92, which isn't a testament to him not aging. It's a testament to him always looking 65. He always looks 65. <laughs> He's perpetually 65, James Conn. Let me look up when Elf came out just so that, you know, I don't get angry fans writing in. It actually came out in 2003. Oh, okay. So 10 Still, years later, 10, he, 11 years he later, looks about eight. the same, which I guess means he's aging well. Does it? Or no. it means that he aged too fast yeah. and then stopped? I don't know. <laughs> he looks terrible in this movie. He, he looks like a greasy old man, but that's kind of the role he's playing. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting because it's usually that it's Nick Cage who's oh, yeah. having all these antics on set but like or, or controversy like he had with... um. What's her Peggy face? Sue. Peggy Sue. What's her name? Kathy. Kathy uh, Kathleen Turner. Or yeah, Kathy, Kathleen Turner, yeah, who yeah. said that he like stole a chihuahua and like got arrested for drunk driving or something, and then and oh then retracted her statement. But oh my God. um, yeah, this time it wasn't good old Nikki, Nikki oh, Kim. Wow. But I don't know if I ever mentioned that his middle name is Kim. It's Nicholas Kim Coppola. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever mentioned that either, but I did see that again today. I was yeah. looking up the IMDb for this movie, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, that one of the few things that I do, you do most of the prep work, but I look at the IMDb page. And one thing that I noticed from the IMDb page was that this movie, Honeymoon in Vegas, had two Golden Globe nominations. One was for Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Two was Best Performance by a Lead Actor, Musical, or Comedy. 
Nicolas Cage. Hell yeah. He lost, but he was nominated. <laughs> he lost. And and he was up against some heavy hitters. So especially that year too, there were a lot. Of, I looked it up a minute ago, but I don't recall off the top of my head. But that was the same year that Aladdin came out, for example. So they wouldn't nominate anybody for that so that he, he would lose against that. But he lost to Tim Robbins in a movie called The Player, which I've never heard of. But it's a movie about uh, movies and about somebody in Hollywood, which mm. Hollywood loves giving awards they to. They always win. I know. Yeah. I feel so silly that I also forgot to mention this, but when you said musical, that sparked my memory. Hmm. This movie was adapted into a Broadway musical. This movie? Honeymoon in Vegas was adapted into a 2014 Broadway musical starring none other than Tony Danza, who I performed with Wait. in 2010. <laughs> There's so much to take in here. Okay, he, played, he played James Conn's character. He did okay. not play. Okay, fair enough. Because he's also kind of sleazy. One. Hey, a musical. He's a, great, he's a great guy. <laughs> but I could see him playing an older sleazy character. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he's a, he, yeah. you know. Like he's, he's just older. Right. But, okay. Hold on. <laughs> One. <laughs> a 2014. 2014. Why wait so long? You know? Why this movie? Passion, it didn't even passion. win. It didn't even win the Golden Globe. Um, Elvis? I don't Yeah, I know. guess. Uh, okay. Two. <laughs> A musical? Yeah. Bitches love musicals. Bitches really do love musicals. Especially movie adaptations. Like, I would say 24. This is okay. We're going to get into some, like, esoteric oh, niche musical theater discussion here oh please but i feel like in around that time was when a lot of like 90s movies were being adapted into musicals like the wedding singer became a musical like around that time right but the wedding singer implies music there were no musical numbers in this movie to start with no we'll get into that (laughs) but you'll hear me go through the plot in a moment and no part of the plot has music in it (laughs) so also speaking of golden globe nominations a second ago uh we also failed to mention a few weeks ago that he was nominated in moonstruck best why do we suck i know we're (laughs) terrible at this i'm only looking up for the drama yeah yeah no i look up scandal yeah and i'm usually on top of award nominations and stuff like that just in general i like keeping track of people who've been nominated for stuff so that Why? I feel like is a little bit more. Why do you care? I think it's interesting that, you know, because that gives them some sort of credit, right? That's the reason we're, that's part of the reason we're doing this podcast is because Nick Cage won the Academy Award, which then said he's a hireable actor. And then when he lost all of his money, he, people want him because they can say Academy Award winner Nick Cage is in my shit house film. Fair. And fair. that's why we're doing this podcast. I just looked a second ago too. I was scrolling through his movies. He did six movies in 2019, six movies in 2018, and five movies in 2017. Because between 2007 and 2009 is when he lost all he of lost his money. All of his money. But that's still <laughs> 10 years later. Like, he, 10 years later, he's doing five movies a year minimum. If you if you can lose that much money in two years, we'll get to this. We'll in, get to in it in a few probably episodes. in like a few episodes, like two years when we get to yes, those episodes. Yeah, exactly. Oh God! All right. Okay. So the, let's start. All right. All right. Our next segment. We're gonna go through Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage. We'll, pre- scene. we'll preface it. We liked this one. Yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah, this one I think is gonna rank pretty high. Uh, um, we'll go through it. 
but I don't know because our ranking is cageability. Yeah, he was pretty cagey in this movie. Yeah, he was pretty cagey so. for not having to be cagey. Oh yeah, like well, he mentioned, he was like, "My character's normal," and yet he did a lot of cagey things to yeah to make you think otherwise. I at one point I wrote down on my list or on my sheet here that. I, I couldn't keep track of all of the things that he was screaming. He screamed every other line <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> so I, you know, I'll in, I'll insert maybe some of the highlights, but uh, yeah, he screamed a lot in this movie. Very cagey. So let's go through the movie. So this the movie uh, opens up on Nick Cage basically, and he's in the hospital, and it's 1987 in New York, and he's going over to his mother. His mother's dying. And his mother basically says, I have one dying wish, and that's I never want you to get married. And rightfully so, Nick Cage was like, well, that's a really weird thing of you to ask of me. So I don't really want to promise that. And she's they're screaming back and forth. Yeah, at each she other. basically says, like, no woman can ever love you like I did. Which is so creepy. <laughs> what is that? Like Oedipal? Uh that is, is Oedipal. No, I think Freudian is father daughter, and I think Oedipal <laughs> is mother son. Yeah. I don't know. So they have this scene between the two of them, and his mother dies while he's arguing with her. And so when in his mother's dying breath, he's like, I'm so sorry. I'll never get married. I promise I won't get married. And there's a really good scream right here, right in the beginning. And it's... And that's right in the beginning. So it's a really, it's a really good start for, and a good uh, kind of... We watch her die, Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. You watch so, the life leave her eyes. Yeah, so apparently there are a lot of references to Mel Brooks movies, which is one other random thing that I saw as well. So uh, apparently that woman used to be married to Mel Brooks. I, I didn't recognize her. Cool. Yeah, who cares? So then the movie does something really weird. If you're a Monty Python fan, it wouldn't be that weird. But in the opening credits, there's an animated scene of, like, this little stick figure guy trying to get on top of a wedding cake with the bride at the top. And it, it no, it's not explained. There's nothing. It's just a little animated scene. And it was very Monty Python, I don't know. It was, like, very 90s. Like, 90s rom-coms. A lot of them had that. Really? In, I think so. What other movie? I can't think off the top of my head, but I've definitely seen... I've watched a lot of rom-coms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you have. I feel like I've seen things like that before. I wasn't I wasn't shocked by any means. But... Right, right. Okay. Well, I, I was kind of shocked by that. I, I did not expect that at all. So the next couple of scenes is almost like a montage, just kind of catching up on what Nick is... Or what Nick Cage's character is doing in his life. And it's four years later. He's narrating the whole thing. And you see him on the street and in a hotel lobby, and we find out through his narration that he's a private investigator. And he's an investigator that specializes in catching husbands and wives who are cheating on their husbands or wives. So you see him all over the place, and then finally you see him in uh, his office, and there's this kind of bald, goofy-looking guy who's paranoid that his wife is sleeping with Mike Tyson. <laughs> the boxer. The boxer, yeah, yeah. Not like some other guy named Mike Tyson. Like, like the champ. And it's kind of a funny scene, actually. And Nick just looks really frustrated. So uh, his performance overall, I think, is pretty solid. Uh, you know, it's not... He's not phoning it in. I don't think... He's overacting, but I think it, it kind of makes it funnier. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, it's a comedy. So now it doesn't matter if he overacts a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So we see then that he's again, he's still narrating and he goes, "I want to tell you about my girlfriend now." 
So he's kept his mother's word. He doesn't want to marry. And he goes to pick up his girlfriend, Sarah Jessica Parker, at work. And she's a teacher, so he goes to her school. Then... Wait, what is he wearing when he shows up? To oh, him? yeah. So, all right. You're right. I failed to mention that. But but so right in the beginning, a couple of times, because he's a PI, he wears a fake mustache to, like, blend in. <laughs> like, so he's wearing a fake mustache and big, goofy sunglasses. And I don't think that's going to win Best Dressed, but it's no, a contender. Yeah. It's a real contender. It was contender. great, though. So it he shows great. up to pick up SJP. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to refer to her as SJP. That's fine. I'll do that too. From here forward. Yeah. He goes to pick her up and she goes to kiss him and she <laughs> rips the mustache off of him and he goes, oh, wow, I forgot I was wearing that. <laughs> yeah. How do you forget you're wearing a fake mustache? Those things are so uncomfortable, especially an early 90s fake mustache. So anyway, they're walking down the street on the way back to their uh, hotel and he confides in her that he had a dream about his mother and she was like, ah, was it another dream where she was naked? <laughs> We're like, what the what fuck? The fuck? And, he, and he justifies it by saying, well, she was naked and vacuuming. It wasn't a sexual thing. It was a cleanliness thing. That was what the dream was about. So that was kind of weird. And, it, <laughs> and he's still narrating and he's talking about how great SJP is. And they, that he's an avid poker player. So he plays once a week in a game with his buddies, and all of his buddies are very, hey, it's New York. Come on. Mess That's, with one of us. You, you mess, mess with, with all, all of us. <laughs> so him and SJP are, are walking down the street again. Again, this is kind of quick montages and, and flash forwards and flashbacks and stuff like that. And they're, she's helping him chase somebody down. They have a boring conversation about marriage. Then... What's great is that they go, it's back to their apartment in their bedroom and and they're in the bed and they're kind of cuddling with one another. And Hannah just turns to me and goes, there is absolutely no love there. (laughs) I wrote that down. Apparently they dated in real life. Apparently they dated, but we did not sense any chemistry. I mean, they didn't end up together. So I guess we sensed that. Like they didn't end up together. Like they're not together now. She's with Matthew. In real life. In real life. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> well, we'll get to it. She does end up getting back together with Nick Cage in the end. This movie has a wild plot. and I, I guess that's why they made it. A, I could see this being a stage show, but a musical, that blows me away. Anyway. It's more commercial. I guess. So then there's another, a montage followed by a montage of him losing Sarah Jessica Parker. She's He's like... I just feel like, you know, she's becoming more distant. I don't see her as often. When she does come over, it's not the same as it used to be. Then the next time we see him, he's walking down the street with some dude named Sally, who's a dentist, who I recognize from Ace Ventura. I know you've never seen Ace Ventura. No, this dude talked out of, like, the side of his face. Oh, yeah. He was very New York, you know, and then... And but, he, like, but his he, like, mouth was... Posi- okay, yeah. another weird reference here, but, you know, when the Rugrats, Angelica's yeah. mom... Oh, man, no, I'm struggling to remember the Rugrats. Shoot, what is her name? And Angelica? Not, Cynthia's her doll. Yes. Charlotte is her mom. Wow, nice pull. Thank you. She she has, like, a very oblong face, <laughs> and her mouth is, uh, like, right on the side of it. And that's what this guy's face looked like. Yeah, yeah. Like, Charlotte Pickle. <laughs> yeah, he he's the, like, a-hole cop in Ace, in Ace Ventura. So while Ace Ventura is a pet detective, he's the real detective who makes fun of Ace Ventura. I, I always forget that Ace Ventura is exists about pets. <laughs> yeah, he's a pet detective. <laughs> so anyway, there's that guy. He comes up a few times later. So 
SJP and Nick Cage are now in an Italian restaurant. SJP's like, where is this relationship going? I want to be married. I want to have kids. And he's like, look, you know, that's not really something that I want. Because my mom. Because <laughs> that was my mom's dying wish, which I get that too, I guess. But so, you know, whatever. But why enter the relationship if you didn't think it's not important? So next they're in the car on the ride home and it's raining. And, and he goes, they're stopped at a red light. And he's like, all right, let's do it. Let's fly to Vegas and let's get married tomorrow or something. And... She's like, oh, my God, are you serious? He's like, well, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> so it's like, of course I'm serious. So he then narrates and says, ah, if only I said let's go to the courthouse instead of going to Vegas, this never would have happened. And we'll kind of discuss that in a second. So they get to Vegas, and they're in the casino, and they're in the, the hotel lobby, and James Kahn walks in. And after James Kahn grabs Tony Shalhoub's testicles, because Tony Shalhoub is in this movie, <laughs> of monk fame... <laughs> He just grabs his balls and is like, hey, I want I want sweet A or something. You make sure sweet A is ready for him. And he's like, but sir, the president of Brazil is there. And he's like, you tell the president to get lost, buddy. So <laughs> grabs his James, balls. Yeah, he just grabs him by the testicles. So we already see that James Kahn is an asshole. <laughs> like, we know that. But I, I don't know. I have so many convoluted thoughts. But apparently what we find out soon after all of this is that Sarah Jessica Parker is apparently some kind of spitting image of James Caan's ex-wife. Not ex, widowed. Widow, his his deceased wife. Widower. That's right. Widower. He's a widow. He's a widower. A widower. Yeah, widow is the female. female. Ah, okay. Widower is the male. Yeah, it's twenty. Keep me around. It's it's twenty twenty. Why can't everybody just be a widow? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Why we gotta separate it? <laughs> So, also at the same time at this hotel, there's an Elvis impersonator, like, convention. So, more Elvis impersonators than normal for Vegas. There's a ton of Elvis impersonators. And I'll insert the clip here, but he does say when he's... Nick Cage says when he's going to get his room, he goes... Yahoo! Can I get a room? Do you remember that? I do. (laughs) So, they get their room, they get up to their suite, and they're laying in bed... And you see his chest hair and all of its glory. Oh, he's so hairy. He's really hairy. Remember I mean, when he... I know. I know. <laughs> it was the biggest sacrifice he's ever made for a movie was to shave, shave his, his chest. chest. Christ. What an asshole. Yeah. So while they're in the hotel suite, they get a letter slipped under the door. And it's the letter's written to him. And the letter says something along the lines of like, hey, for the people who spend the extra money on our suites, we want to invite you to a small poker game. Uh, you know a private poker game and we find out later that this is all james Conn's doing he's like ah, i gotta get that girl away from that guy kind of thing so yeah he hosts this in a really game. like convoluted way yeah which how would he have known that his plan works we'll get into the plan in a second but but so they're at the pool they're at poolside and you know i think we mentioned it a second ago but we see sarah jessica parker in her bathing suit how how okay how do you think she looked? She looks incredible. What? You? Yeah. You, yeah. What? Yeah. Being a woman in Hollywood must be awful. Absolutely. So what? right before when she was cast in this movie, apparently the um, producers she would never say the name of the producer because she didn't want to out him and right. decided that you know she was young and impressionable at the time. The producers 
mailed her a treadmill because they were concerned about her weight. Oh, my God. So she was filming another movie in Iowa. So they mailed her the treadmill to Iowa, and apparently she spent every day oh my God. just, like, working her ass off on the treadmill so that she could look good enough to be in Honeymoon in Vegas. Jesus. This poor girl. Absolutely. I bet she looked great before. I'm, I'm sure she did. I mean, she probably didn't look like some fat slob. No. <laughs> yeah. It's How could she? Yeah. Like, it's one thing because... Unbelievable. I feel like nobody made Nick Cage get into shape for movies like Birdie or The Boy in Blue. But no. he figured that to be in really good shape means that it might give him more opportunities for more roles. That's probably what he figures. Even though I think both of those movies might have been Francis Ford Coppola. But anyway. (laughs) But anyway. Like, so that's kind of what I thought was going on. That Sarah Jessica Parker is still kind of up and coming at this time. And maybe she wanted to be in incredible shape. It might make her more hireable. No, they were worried about her weight. Christ, that sucks. Meanwhile, what is Nick Cage wearing in this scene? Some ugly ass button up shirt. It's the ugliest shirt we've ever seen. It's so (laughs) ugly. It's this short sleeve red button-up shirt but it's also baggy and oh is this one with the jewels yes on it? <laughs> and it's got these is i was about to say little jewels but they're not they're either not they're big in enough. varying size yeah they're either not big enough or not small enough like throughout the entire shirt it's crazy in like jewel tones over red yeah it looks horrible Gross. it looks horrible so they're at the pool and he decides look i know we got here to get married but let's do it tonight when there's a sunset. And I, w- I, w- I want to go play poker. You know, I play it every week. So why don't I go play this poker? Maybe win some money. You hang out by the pool. And I'll be back down in two hours. So that's what they just, that's what they uh, agree on. So he goes up And to- she's mad that he didn't right. want to just get married to her the second they landed in Vegas. Sure. Yeah, but Her she- reasoning was like, well, if you wanted to marry me, then you should have done it as soon as we landed. Yeah, but at the time, she's kind of like, okay, well, maybe we can do that. You know, she's not really too upset about it. Yeah. So then he goes up to the poker game with James Caan and James Caan's friend who's always eating a sandwich and like two old guys and an Asian Elvis impersonator. And the, the poker scene just drags and drags and he wins a big hand and then... He's starting to, or no, he's he loses all of his money. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. And then James Conn's like, why don't I lend you a thousand dollars? And he win, he wins it. He's like, ah, right, he wins on the next hand. So now Nick Cage is back in the game, and Nick Cage is up thousands at this point, and he gets a straight flush. So I think it was to the jack. So jack ten, nine, eight, seven of clubs or something. Which is an amazing hand. So him and James Conn, everybody. What did they say it was like one in eight billion odds that, like that another hand would beat that yeah. in the same round of poker. Yeah, it's a really, really good hand. But he and James Conn are going back and forth. And because Nick Cage has this unbeatable hand, he keeps borrowing more money from James Conn. And he gets up to $65,000 that he borrowed from James Conn. And he loses to James Conn, who's got a straight flush, but it's. Queen Jack 10 9 8 instead of Jack up to the Jack. It's up to the Queen. So he beats him by one card, which is terrible luck, like we were just saying. So what James Kahn decides is that look, there's a lot of dangerous people out there. I don't want you to get mixed up with a loan sh- with some kind of loan shark or something like that. 
Especially I'll, in Vegas. Especially in <laughs> Vegas. Why don't I make a deal with you? I'll spend the weekend with your wife or with your girlfriend and all is forgiven. And Nick Cage is kind of just like, no, right? Well, Nick Cage is like, how do you know that I have a girlfriend here? I right. didn't tell you that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so. And then he admits to it, right? What? Right here. Hmm. Doesn't he admit? He's like, oh, well, I saw you guys standing in the oh, lobby and yeah. she looks just like my dead wife <laughs> and I want her for the weekend. Yeah. Maybe. I don't really remember. <laughs> So he goes down and finds Sarah Jessica Parker at the pool and they start walking through the hotel and she's furious. Obviously. Makes sense. Understandably so. Understandably so. so. But they need to pay this guy $65,000. And so Nick Cage, he's like, well, maybe I can try to find a way to find the money. And he calls his buddy Sally or whatever, that guy who talks him out the side of his mouth. (laughs) And uh, Sally's like, oh, man. That gambler, like, no, you you have to figure out a way to pay him back. <laughs> it's making a face at me talking out the side of her mouth right now. But he's like, you got to pay that gambler back. Otherwise, you know, you'll be in, in big trouble. And there's some really good lines here where Sarah Jessica Parker and Nick Cage, after this phone call, are confronting each other. She's like, why would you even do that? Why would you go all in? And he goes, I heard a straight flush. <laughs> and say that again i don't think we caught that i'm gonna insert the clip instead of me saying it (laughs) maybe i'll leave it in maybe i'll leave the original clip in and then i'll add the real clip here (laughs) oh he he then and she's like well it obviously wasn't good enough or something and he goes hey i know that now okay so that's a really good line too so i guess they all it's not really explained but they ultimately agree that okay we have to do this right so he goes to one of the Elvis shows to kind of drop off Sarah Jessica Parker with James Kahn. And there's this adorable little kid Elvis. I see the look on your face. I think I know what you're going to say about the kid Elvis. You have something to say about him? Do we know the same thing about who this kid was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's Bruno Mars. <laughs> it's Bruno Mars. It's, a, it's like a six-year-old Bruno Mars. It was so funny to see that. And you know how we always give best actor kind of ironically? Oh, yeah. When we, as soon as we saw this kid before we knew that it was Bruno Mars, I was like, oh my God, best actor award. But now that I know it's Bruno Mars, like right now, best actor award for Honeymoon in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. <laughs> Stole the show. He was adorable. He was so cute. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a performer. What a natural performer. <laughs> So we find out in the scene with uh, James Conn and Sarah Jessica Parker, they're talking about James Conn's kids, and he goes, oh, yeah, you'll meet my son this weekend in Hawaii. So they never agreed that they had to spend all the time in Vegas, so he's going to whisk her off to Hawaii. To meet his family. To meet his son. His son, his... who had a mother who looked like Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> he, not only that... But she's going to meet his grandson. Yeah. She's the same age as his son. Maybe younger. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. What And what do you think he told his... We never see what no. he told... How he explained this to his family. No. Yeah. So we'll fast forward a little bit. You know, they, they do end up meeting his son in Hawaii. But yeah. Like, hey, I'm bringing my new girlfriend that I just met yesterday in Vegas. And his son's like, okay, dad, no problem. I mean, maybe he does this a lot. Maybe. He's really rich. Yeah. Yeah. He's just throwing money around in this movie, James Conn is. Yeah. So when 
Nick Cage calls the dude that talks out of the side of his mouth. Yes. He knew who he knew who James Conn's character was. Yeah. He yeah. was like, oh my God, Tommy Corman. Yeah. I think oh, that was his name. Wow. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been <laughs> looking, looking up stuff yeah. about this. Like, oh my God, I know, I know who that is. So this this guy's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Especially Which is why the- he grabbed Tony Shalhoub's ball. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the gambling community, this guy's a big deal. Yeah. Let's see, where were we? So yeah, so while they're at the Elvis show before they leave for Hawaii, Nick Cage, it, he decides to spend like some of the last of his money, I guess, at the roulette table. And he's about to put all of his money on 20 black and he decides to split it between 19 and 22. And then of course the roulette wheel lands on 20 black where he probably could have won all of his money back and just paid off the guy so then again this is probably the first scene once once sarah jessica parker agrees to go with james Kahn, nick cage pretty much screams every line from here on out (laughs) so i can't write them all down they're all good but i wrote down a few really good ones so they're in the suite in the hotel. She's packing because she's like, well, we're going to Hawaii this weekend. And Nick Cage then says, screaming, Would you please stop crucifying me with this? Give me my bag. He's going to jump all over you the second he gets there. Oh, no, let him please, Jack. Give me a little credit. He'll overcome you. I mean, what happens if you start screaming? It's like a jungle over there! He probably has servants and bodyguards, and believe me, they will drag you! By the way, the Nick Cage... Fan community calls Nick Cage's screams Cage Rage. Cage Rage? Yeah. So I would say maybe the last two-thirds of this movie... Is just Cage Rage. It's like exclusively (laughs) Cage Rage. So Sarah Jessica Parker somehow packs up and escapes the room or something. And Nick Cage starts running down the hallway after her. And he's got kind of a goofy run. He's running like full speed down the halls. And Hannah, even while watching this movie, was going, Rod! Rod! So he'll run down the hall looking for her, and then he'll run back down the hall, and then he'll run down the street looking for her. Rod! <laughs> so, so he's kind of sad, sad Nikki, as I think we've called him before. Sad boy Nikki. Sad boy Nikki, that's what it was. Sad boy Nikki Kim. Yeah, sad boy Nikki Kim. He's, he's sad walking down the Vegas Strip, and he goes, I have to get out of here. He to himself. He just says this out loud to himself in a busy street. So he goes back to New York for some reason. I don't. I guess why. to get more money. I guess maybe. Yeah, I don't know. So he's in his office in New York, and he's talking again to the guy who thinks that his wife is uh, doing Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy's going on and on about how like you have no idea. What oh wait, it- doesn't Nick see Mike Tyson in Hawaii? I mean, in um in Vegas. Vegas? I think it's a different boxer. Uh, I think I think I, I don't remember seeing that, but I think it's a different boxer because in the credits it was, you know, so and so as himself mm-hmm. and it wasn't Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think I think it was a different boxer. But so this this guy is going on and on about how you have no idea what it's like just knowing that, you know, your woman's out there sleeping with somebody else, getting felt by somebody else in their greasy hands. And during this speech, <laughs> Nick's eyes go crazy. Like, he's getting really frustrated. It was awesome to watch. <laughs> yeah, his eyes go nuts. Not to the level as they did in Vampire's Kiss. No, no, but, no. But they go nuts. And then he just ends the scene basically by shouting at him. Are you trying to give me a heart attack? So later he's at his apartment and throughout, I guess we'll talk about it now, but throughout 
Sarah Jessica Parker is having the time of her life with James Caan. I just don't get it. I don't get it either. James Caan is such a sleazeball. And she's like... And she knows that. Right. And she's just like, oh, wow, nobody's ever talked to me. Is it an act? No. No. <laughs> no. I I don't get it. I don't know. That either. was the one. That was the part of the movie where I was just like, "What are you, girl? Yeah, girl, what are you doing?" <laughs> Especially because like right around this time, there was a scene where they're standing on the beach, and she's like, "Oh my god, it's beautiful here. I can never leave," or something like that. And then he's they're standing at the ocean, and and he's talking to her, and he's like, "Hey, listen, why are you marrying that guy? I've seen lots of guys like that before. You don't want to marry that guy. You should spend your time with me." Hey, Nick Cage and SJP have been together for like years, presumably. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They went to Vegas to get married. They know each other. They've been together for long enough that she was like, why have you not married me yet? And she was thrilled when he gave up his mother's dying wish to not marry. (laughs) Yes. And she's like, oh, okay. Because this guy's throwing money around. Because he's got a big house in Hawaii. Ugh. Yeah. So they get interrupted during this conversation by James Kahn's son, daughter-in-law, and grandson to say, hey, dad, where's Mount something-something? Because it's erupting. So they go and they go see the erupting volcano and it's televised. It's on the news. news. So Nick Cage sees it in his apartment and he's like, ah, I know where they must be in Hawaii. So he he sees them on the news. He sees them. He doesn't just see the mount. Yes. One of Vesuvius. <laughs> Mount Wanahakaloogie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice Finding Nemo reference. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so he gets to the airport, and he's in another great shirt. It's oversized. It's like yellow, this one, with like abstract shapes on it. Very early 90s. So 90s. Yeah. So he gets to the airport, and another surprise cameo. So this is our second surprise cameo. This is Ben Stein, and Ben Stein is standing at the ticket counter just being like i'd like to fly through nashville on thursday or something like that he's the oh what commercial is that dry eyes yeah. clear sill or whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 he's in case you don't know who ben stein is yeah. just by his name he you know him by his voice yeah i think he was an actual professional accountant or something and then he had such a dry <laughs> delivery that he started like somebody recognized him and started making movies he also had a game show for a while called win ben stein's money so it was like, I don't know, it was something, it was some trivia-based show or something like that. But anyway, so he starts arguing really loudly, having some cage rage with Ben Stein in the airport. And everybody agrees with Nick because this a-hole's taking forever at the front of the line. Please, sir, if you don't get back on Then what? I'll be arrested? Put in airport jail? Just get your ticket and move on, okay? Get your goddamn ticket and move on! I just wrote down so much screaming during this scene. <laughs> So we see him on the plane. He's trying to sleep just very briefly. Then he's in the Hawaiian airport and immediately a cab driver comes up to him. And something I didn't realize until I just looked it up. That cab driver, do you know who he was? It's Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid movies. What? Yeah. <laughs> so His name is Mahi. Mahi Mahi. His, <laughs> his father was a fisherman. And then Nick Cage goes, oh, my father left when I was a kid or something. And it's like, okay. I don't understand the... <laughs> he tried to make a joke, but it wasn't funny. I don't know if he was trying to make a joke or they were just trying to really shoehorn in some exposition. But so the, we find out that the cab driver actually works for James Kahn. So the cab driver drives him all around 
and he's like, take me to Tommy Corman's place. And instead he takes him to Chief Orman's place. And here's another uh, Mel Brooks reference because Chief Orman is like this old Hawaiian dude who probably does a lot of drugs. And it's Peter Boyle from um, uh, Young Frankenstein. I've seen that. He's 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 the he? monster. He, oh, okay. And he's also the father in Everybody Loves Raymond. He won a ton of Emmys for that role. I've never seen that. Show. I've never seen Everybody Loves Raymond. No. He's great. He's fantastic. Peter Boyle, R.I.P. But you know, Nick Cage is rightfully pissed. He's like, he lives in a shack. This guy lives in a shack. So the, I forget exactly how it happens, but Mahi Mahi, Mr. Miyagi convinces him like look let's stay here for 10 minutes have a drink maybe he knows where mr corman lives or something so they do that but then he realizes it's not going anywhere so nick cage steals the cab and starts driving around town so he finds a a phone booth and oh also peter boyle's obsessed with musicals or something he starts singing musicals (laughs) this is really weird maybe that's why they made this into a musical oh maybe yeah (laughs) for (laughs) to honor the late peter boyle but he finds a phone booth and you just see him there briefly and he's talking, I think again, to Sally on the phone and the guy who talks out of the side of his mouth. And uh, so he finds out where James Conn lives and he goes to the house and the, he runs into the son and daughter-in-law and he's like, hey, are, this son's like, hey, are you a friend of my dad's or are you a friend of Sarah Jessica Parker? And Nick kind of threw gritted teeth because both actually, you know, which was kind of funny, you know, so... He said, hey, where can I find them? They're at the golf club down the street. He goes to the golf club, finds Sarah Jessica Parker, but James Conn tackles him and they start fighting each other. And the cops come in and he gets arrested. He ends up in jail with a guy who's just butt Butt ass naked. naked. Yeah. Face down. (laughs) Yeah. He calls Sally again to try to get him his bail money. His bail money is like a thousand bucks or something like that. So then, okay. We have to talk about Sarah Jessica Parker again because they are like taking a romantic canoe ride or something like that and they kiss each other and James Caan fucking proposes to Sarah Jessica Parker and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll marry you. And he's like, great, let's fly back to Vegas and we'll get married tomorrow or some shit. Yep. Unbelievable. She's known him for three days, two days. Maybe more. No. I don't know. It was a weekend. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. That's all he asked for. He said, I want a weekend with... Then she said, well, I'll be back Tuesday or Wednesday. And Nick got really mad in the hotel room Uh... scene when it was just all cage rage. When he said something about a jungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like, that's almost a week. Got it. Still though. Sorry. I mean, a week even. (laughs) No. No. When did he have time to buy a ring? He's been with her like 24 hours a day. Yeah, it, it might not be real. Or or it might be his dead wife's. No, because she asked that. Yeah, but this guy's a liar. Yeah, he's a professional <laughs> gambler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he knows how to lie. What a schmuck. I know. So Nick Cage is kind of stranded in Hawaii now because he was trying to hunt down James Caan, but they've since left for vegas which i don't know how he couldn't why didn't he just stake out the house or something oh no because he was in jail that's right so he gets bailed out of jail and he gets to the airport and he's like i gotta get back to vegas so the only way he can do that is if he flies through san jose 
the flight from San Jose to Vegas gets uh, canceled because canceled. James Conn has connections at the airport. He called and then had them cancel the flight so that Nick Cage wouldn't get to Vegas and interfere with their wedding. Right. So <laughs> this is <laughs> prior to 9-11. Apparently, you could just walk around airfields. So that's what Nick Cage does with a big piece of cardboard that says Las Vegas on it. And he's like, anybody going to Las Vegas? And he runs into a bunch of the Elvis impersonators who are on like a small private plane. And he's like, perfect. Let's go. He's like, can I hitch a ride with you guys? And they're like, you've done this before? He's like, yeah, I love small planes. He gets on the plane and it pans over. And they're the Elvis skydivers. So, <laughs> the flying Elvises the fly, or something. Yeah, something like that. It's great. So they put him in the costume, in the Elvis costume, which we mentioned before. It lights up. And there's a lot of pretty funny scenes, actually, about how they're like, okay, you want to pull the yellow one first. You pull a yellow cord. Then you pull a red cord in an emergency. And then somebody comes up right as he's about to jump and is like, all right, so you want to pull the red first and then the yellow. And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> so he he eventually gets jumps out of the plane and he pulls the right cords. And as he's pulling the cords, he goes. <laughs> so there's a real close up on his face as he's skydiving. <laughs> and it's very clear, obviously, that he's not really skydiving. But. There's a close-up on his face. His face is goofy as all hell. And during this time, while he's on the plane over to Vegas, Sarah Jessica Parker is finally having second thoughts about marrying James Conn. What? I know, finally. <laughs> so she's like, uh, I don't know. I just need some time. Maybe we need more weeks to get to know each other. And it's like, of course you do. It's the same reason none of the bachelor or bachelorette relationships work out. Because all you've done is you've seen erupting volcanoes in Hawaii. You've gone on romantic canoe trips. And, you know, you've been flying back and forth on private planes, presumably, to Vegas and Hawaii. It's like, of course you're going to fall in love with that person. Well, not of course, but like... It's reasonable. It's, yeah. Well, mm, but, I don't want to say reasonable. But because it's totally understandable, not. I But guess. what I mean is like with the, the bachelor, bachelorette stuff is like, you know, when you're sitting at home and you know your husband forgets to restock the toilet paper again <laughs> you know you, it's hard to remember the hot air balloon rides over venice or whatever they do in that yeah, show I get it. you know what i mean so it's very much like that i guess and but so i guess she starts to do the right thing here so in order to escape james Kahn and all of his connections she kind of squirrels away into a back room and comes out in disguise Walking with a bunch of like showgirls. Showgirls, Vegas showgirls. Vegas showgirls, yeah. So she's kind of hiding in plain sight, sort of. So she's dressed as a Vegas showgirl. And Nick is very share, actually. Oh yeah. I didn't think of that. A la Moonstruck. <laughs> Moonstruck. <laughs> yeah, so he lands, he he performs the, the skydive and he's dressed as Elvis. And they they announce his name so mm -hmm. she knows that it's him. Yes. They yeah. say, and our newest flying Elvis, Peter Singer. Jack Singer. Jack Singer. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage from New York City. And uh, so she finds him. She runs over to him. And she's like, she says everything. She was like, I went with him and I thought I wanted to marry him. But then you jumped out of a plane for me. Yeah. That's what it took. Is this girl worth it? No. No. <laughs> I wrote down, I think Sarah Jessica Parker set women back 30 years of this She truly did. This is like, is that what, is that what it means to be? But, the, but after hearing about what the producers made her do, I feel that's bad. That's true. I, no, that's true. I do feel bad. But I mean, this whole movie is very like, it's not kind to women. No, it certainly isn't. Yeah. 
So anyway, they go they go have their wedding in Vegas, and he's dressed as Elvis, she's dressed as a showgirl, and the credits run, like the camera is basically where the priest is over the altar, and the credits run, and there's all the other flying Elvises in the back attending their wedding, and credits are rolling over that. Didn't Mahi get like fourth bill? Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> so that was weird. But yeah. anyway, yeah. yeah, so there were overall, like I said, I think the, the character of Sarah Jessica Parker's character was not great for women. James Caan was an absolute asshole, both on screen and off. And there were some surprise cameos by Mr. Miyagi, Tony Shalhoub, Peter Boyle, and Ben Stein. Not in that order. <laughs> and Bruno Mars. And Bruno Mars. Oh my God, I almost <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Incredible. So that's Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. Like I said, overall, I, I liked it. It was good. It was fun. It was fun. It was the first true comedy rom-com, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, because Moonstruck was a romantic movie, but it wasn't really comedic. It had some comedic moments, but I don't think it was considered a comedy. Well, according, according to the Golden Globes, it was. Oh, was it? Yeah. Musical or comedy. I lost my hand. I, I lost, lost my, my bride. <laughs> Johnny has his hand. Johnny has his bro. Wait, what What else does he say in that? He says something like, I'm not a monument to... Oh, I don't remember. <sighs> Man. Yeah, it's not important. Go back and listen to our what episode on movie. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, closing thoughts. Would you ever watch this movie again? If it were on TV, I wouldn't turn it off. But I don't think I would actively seek it out. Yeah, if it were the only thing on TV, I'd be No, I think if out. I were flipping through the channels and I saw it, I'd be like, ah... Oh, this movie. Would you put it on over it something else, though? Something else you like to No, watch? like I said, like okay. I wouldn't actively seek it All out. Right. But mm-hmm. if I happened upon it, I wouldn't be mad. Okay. All right. Would you ever show this movie to anybody? Maybe I'd show the clip of Bruno Mars. <laughs> to somebody, to yeah. To somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I would. You wouldn't show that clip? No, no, no. Oh, the, the, the movie? movie. No. Yeah. Uh, there's no. really... It's know. just a rom-com. Right. By today's movie standards, it's fine. There are better rom-coms. Definitely. So, the next thing we like to do is give out some Nick Cage awards. Now, I think we've already discussed Wait, a lot of them. Wait, was the only movie that we ever said that we would show to someone else other than Vampire's Kiss? Was it Raising Arizona? Probably. I think we also said that for Best of Times. <laughs> yeah. Because it's it's just so... <laughs> I always forget about Best of Times. Best of Times is just so old and goofy and it's funny. Great. Yeah, so that was our very first episode. but Bad uh, audio quality. Well, yeah, both for the movie, the movie and, and us. us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if you've stuck with us through that, thank God you for bless listening. You. Yeah. So some Nick Cage awards, shall we? Let's do it. Best supporting actor we already discussed, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. <laughs> As the little kid, little kid Elvis impersonator. <laughs> Best dressed. Is it the shirt? Is it? It's probably the Elvis costume, right? That lights up? Yeah, I like the, I like the light up Elvis costume with a, the close second place being that red awful button up with a tacky jewel toned jewel shape things on it oh my god and a close third being his sunglasses and mustache mustache. (laughs) worst scene worst nick cage scene because Um, there were a lot of really terrible scenes without nick cage because we were so frustrated at the relationship between james conn and sjp i felt like he didn't try hard enough to leave when he got to what peter Boyle's. Yeah, that was really weird. I didn't think that his acting fit 
the dire situation that he was in. Right. Like you know he was I mean? stranded at this place. Right. And he's looking and for his He'd been fiance. on, a, like he had to get on this flight, which he really struggled to get on to. Well, that and was. he flew from New York, right? No, I mean, that was later, right? So he got to Hawaii and then he was looking for Tony or Tommy Corman's place. And he got. No, no, no. Didn't chief. he fly like from New York City yeah. to Hawaii? Yeah. That's a long ass flight. Right. So he flew all the way from New York to Hawaii to find this girl. Mm. And the first thing that happens is he shows up at this guy's place that's not even the person that he is supposed to be trying to go to. And there's like the clock is ticking. Yeah. Like he, I don't know. Yeah. He didn't portray it in as dire a situation as uh, he should I'm, I'm on board with that. Okay. You know? We'll pick um, that one. I, I think that the whole scene with Peter Boyle was kind of weird. It was. So his obsession with musicals. Best scene. Best Nick Cage scene. There's a few. Like we said, the entire second half of the movie is just yeah. him screaming. I mean, I really liked the scene on the airplane. On the... Oh, yeah. When he's with all the other Elvises. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, okay, yellow, then red. Okay, yellow, red. Remember <laughs> that. Remember that. And yeah. he's like talking to himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that scene. Yeah. Good. Okay, yeah. I'm, w- I'm with you on that. Yep. Best scream. Then what? I'll be arrested, put in airport jail. Just get your ticket and move on, okay? Get your goddamn ticket and move on. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's it's the airport scene with Ben Stein. <laughs> Wait, here's the one in the hotel room. Would you please stop crucifying me with this? My bag. He's gonna jump all over you the second he gets there. Oh, no, let him please, Jack. Give me a little credit. He'll overcome you. I mean, what happens if you start screaming? It's like a jungle over there! He probably has servants and bodyguards, and believe me, they will drug you! <laughs> I don't know which <laughs> they one. They will drug you! <laughs> <laughs> the hotel scene or the airport scene? Ooh. What do you think? The airport scene? It's more realistic that he'd be screaming like that. Okay, so the you know what I I don't think we've given anything to the hotel room scene, and there that's a really good yeah. That, okay, scene. let's give it to that. So one. let's give it to that one. So that was the best scream, and for those who are unaware, we give out the last award, which is the most nouveau shamanic moment. Nouveau shamanic being Nick Cage's own acting style. So what is the most quintessentially Nick Cage thing that he de- did in this movie? Is it the way he ran? He ran kind of funny. He always runs funny. Yeah. I was trying to think of it while I was watching the movie. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. I mean, like like we said, the whole last two thirds of the movie, he's cage rage. But there wasn't anything in particular that was like. His, his hair always tend. And I think that in some movies they purposely do it. Yeah. Where they, as his character situation becomes more chaotic his hair style becomes more chaotic yeah and i think that that naturally happens as he screams more and more and more in this movie i think that's true too Um, so do you want to give it to his hair it seems like a (laughs) cop-out okay so what else do you think Mm. my nomination was maybe his run but that's kind of the best i got I like the delivery of some of the lines, like the weird way that he chose to say. I forget like which line it was. The yoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> I think something like that. Yeah, we, we could give it that. I read somewhere that originally the Flying Elvis um, airplane was uh, was going to be uh, Siegfried and Roy. And he was going to be on the plane with a tiger. And he was really excited about that. 
And then they changed it to this. But he's a big Elvis fan, so he was also happy about this. Yeah. So that's not Nouveau Shamanic, but no. I just thought that was something interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, oh, it's his eyes in that scene. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then it's it's that serious. scene. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's his eyes in the scene with the guy who thinks his wife is is sleeping with Mike Tyson. I totally forgot about that. It's that scene. It's yeah. Nouveau Shamanic. Yeah. Yeah. I I love after he screams. So he's silent for the whole scene listening to the guy. Yeah. And just like the rage is building and his eyes are going crazy. And then he screams and then very suddenly gets like very serious. Yes. <laughs> and like blinks at him. Brilliant. All right, Han, where, where are we ranking this one? Let's hear the past ranks. All right. I think it's going to go towards the top. So first place right now, we've got Vampire's Kiss. No, it's not beating that. Then we've got Racing with the Moon. You don't think it's better than Racing with the Moon? His performance? Yeah. So, but then after that, we've got Best of Times, then then Raising Arizona. Oh. I know, Raising Arizona is too low. It is. But that's, that's you know, what we've I got. I think right below Raising Arizona. So just above Birdie. Yeah. Okay. I think I can live with that. I, I do, like I said, I do think Raising Arizona is too low, but yeah. we legitimately liked it, and this podcast is ironic, so. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll put it there. That'll put Yeah, it... he plays a more normal guy in this, and yeah, that's true. I think what makes him so great is when he doesn't play normal characters. That is true. So this <laughs> is going to take the five spot, so that's pretty good. Uh, next week, we're going to watch a movie called Amos and Andrew. I don't know much about it, except no. that it has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, Oof. so <laughs> that's going to be fun. You know what else has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes? What's that? Cats, which we saw this weekend. Oh my god, let's not get into Cats. <laughs> it was horrible. It was terrible. We, yeah, we saw some interesting movies over the past couple of weeks, <laughs> but we'll get In into our, that like, time, time off from yeah. doing this, we chose to subject ourselves oh, to Christ. some garbage. Yeah, we sure did. All right. I think that's going to do it. Until next week. Until next week, we're a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Take care. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace. Peace.